Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Hour number three. Happy Halloween. It's the big show. Russick and Rose. Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Thanks to all the interaction on the text line. Like, there are so many gruesome sports injuries out there that we couldn't get to all of them. Although Ian's is pretty good, where he knocked himself out, was flying through the air on a, on a jump while skiing, was a limp body, and then dislocated his arm so bad it looked like he had two left arms. <laughs> and his buddy came to help him out and immediately chundied. Yeah, right beside him. He lost his lunch Unzipped right on the his dirt. jacket, there. saw what happened. How are you? <gasps> yeah. No good. I like this one coming in. One quickly. Sure. I'm a svelte 275. Yeah. Slim fella. Playing mixed slow pitch at the plate. Crush a ball off O field. You're going to try and stretch a triple uh, out of a double. Remember, 275. As he's rounding first, trips on the bag, but he's committed. Windmilling his arms, trying to catch up, but he's overbalanced, stumbling and fumbling his way all the way to second until he meets the arse of the second base woman. Face right into the butt. Both down into the heap, sprained a wrist. That'd be 275. A svelte 275, George. Listen, when that gets going like that, it's hard to it's hard to stop the Immovable object and yeah. unstoppable force. Whatever. I wasn't great at physics. Smack. Boom. Uh, Melancholy Malcolm, yeah. too, later on this hour. Uh, he loves to read. Uh, he likes. He takes joy in the suffering of fan bases. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's some a lot of interesting Leaf fans tweets from last night, but right now... To talk about those Leafs, the Flames, the Battle of Alberta, on the Atlas Pizza guest hotline, we say good morning to Sportsnet analyst Anthony Stewart. Stewie, how are you? I'm doing well, and you had the perfect segue to introducing me. You could have said, speaking at 275, <laughs> you have... <laughs> Listen, I didn't, I didn't want to do that. I did not want to do that. Uh, you're 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 just a thick individual. Uh, I just I'm, yeah, we're not talking I'm about LBs. I'm felt. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You wear it well. Um, what's your weirdest sports injury, Stewie, that you had? My weirdest sports injury. Yeah, uh, I dislocated my wrist my first year. Okay. Uh, I got hit from behind from Mike Commodore, and uh, <laughs> okay, uh, I was done for like six months. I don't know if that was weird. It was just an injury where I was done. So it was my only major injury in the National Hockey League. What about as a kid? Did Classic you do anything Tommy. stupid as a kid and get hurt? Uh, yeah, you know what? This is actually a cool one. I actually uh, told my. I actually went. I used to have a creek down my by my place there, and I was walking along the route uh, around the rocks um, by a waterfall, and I actually fell and got caught on the fence that was covering the rocks, and I was hanging by my uh, my armpit. So my armpit caught the fence, and it was about a 25-foot fall into this waterfall, and my friends came and rescued me. So I literally came, ripped all the uh, uh, hair off my armpits and all that as well, too. So that was a major injury. I could have died that day. Ooh, Stay away wow. from the creeks, kids. Stay yeah. away from the creeks. Like a barbed wire fence? Yeah. Yeah, it was like one of those things. Yeah. yeah. Okay, wow, Stewie. Uh, things got real there. I'm glad you're around. I'm glad you're able to do uh, th- this hit with us this morning. Um, the Connor McDavid goal where Markstrom went out to play the puck and he just came out of nowhere, snapped it in. How many guys in the NHL can do that play, what McDavid did to Markstrom on Saturday night? That just shows, you know, sort of the type of player that McDavid is because I think Markstrom, when he got back into his crease, he identified who it was. He saw it was McDavid. So what he thought he was probably going to do was handle it, survey and make a pass, backdoor pass. I think he was almost thinking pass, but just that release by McDavid where he just put in that perfect spot where I think like it caught him under the arm. Like that's a world-class play. So, you know, you're looking at the replay. It looks like a a nothing bird of a play, but that, that that was on purpose. But uh, you know, even on his assist to Hyman, everyone thought he was coming in to shoot that puck, and then he just throws a nice little back 
backdoor backhand pass to Hyman for the redirect. So uh, I think for Calgary going forward, I know there's only one more battle of Alberta. They got to find a way to try to keep them off the score. Should keep them to try to keep them to one point, not two or three like he did uh, the other night. Now overall, what did you make of Jacob Markstrom's game? Because there was a lot of discussion. He struggled in the playoffs. You know, he didn't get the first start against Edmonton in the regular season, but he comes out and has a pretty strong performance until it wasn't really a strong performance. Yeah, in the third period, you don't really want to make those plays. But the one thing about Markstrom, I think consistently, he gives you a chance to win. And again, I don't think he's a Vasilevsky uh, elk or schvelt, as they would say, too. And he, he, I think he is a world-class goaltender, but he had nine shutouts last year. So he does his, you know, I think he does his thing. So I think there's some moments where he has lapses. But I think consistently, he is a consistent good goalie. I think that's what you want. So I think his numbers right now, I think he's had a, a 9.03 and a 2.6 goals against. That's not bad. That's not bad because right now, the most important thing right now are the wins. And he's 4-1 uh, and one right now. I wanted to ask you about Connor McDavid as well, and I don't know if you saw it the same way, but felt like he really turned it on after Brett Ritchie scores that goal and it puts the Flames up 2-1 to one because that's his man in front of the net, and that's a fourth line scoring a goal against not only a top-line player, but the best player in the NHL skill-wise. Did you feel the same, that that kind of lit a, lit a fire under him, and, and he was kind of unstoppable after that? Yeah, one of my favorite gifts is uh, Cam Newton standing on the sideline with his hand on the shoulder pads, and I think it's a it's something where the team scores against him. He's like, okay, it's time for me now to turn it on. And I think that that classifies and personifies Connor McDavid. Yeah, he's he's on uh, 60 every shift. He's going 60 miles an hour every single shift, but he just seems to elevate his game when it's time to take over. And it's not just him trying to go out and score goals, just making his teammates better every single shift. And, you know, I, I talk about it, um, you know, I, I try to explain it the other day on the broadcast where, you know, in drummer terms, everyone's going on eight beats, but he's going on 16 beats where he's just going pop, pop, pop every single shift, moving his feet explosive. So it's really tough to defend. You don't know if he's going left, right, high, low, uh, and it just seems like he's on a totally different level. So, um, you know, he has the ability to put up four, five, six points a night, too. So I don't think Calgary should feel too bad, <laughs> you know, because they did their best to shut him down for probably about uh, two periods the other game. Stewie, does it matter that the top line of Huberto, Lindholm, and Toffoli don't have a five on five goal yet? Uh, ask uh, Sutter, and I don't think he's uh, too worried about it because, you know, you have the second line that's sort of carrying the mail right now, but. We're talking about the Calgary Flames now potentially going and beating the Edmonton Oilers um, in, in a series, in a seven-game series. You need your top line, um, you know, stepping up every single night. So I know Kadri and Dubé and Maggiapane, they're carrying the mail right now. But, you know, you need Toffoli maybe shorthanded scoring that goal the other night too. You need Huberto stepping up and, and making plays not just on the power play as well. You need uh, 10 of the 12 fours going every single night consistently if you want to win the Stanley Cup. So, yeah, it's early in the season. I know if I'm Sutter, I'm not too worried about it because right now the most important thing is wins, and they seem like they're clicking and getting those wins right now. Stewie, when you were playing, were, how long did it usually take to figure out a, a new player's tendencies when they were either being put on your line or, or being brought into the lineup? Well, again, I was a simpleton when it came to the game, and and I, I hate when people get too intricate and think the game is you know numbers and all that. The game is very very simple, right? You have to worry about yourself, make a play. If, if I go to the net and I, and I beat my guy in a two on one, more times than not, you know there's going to be a guy that's going back door for a tap, and that's what I do when I try to talk talk about the game to these kids. I'm like, you could play technically blindfolded and you would have somebody telling you where to go. If you're breaking out on the wall, someone will be yelling, chip, chase, pass, cross ice, seam play. Um, so for me, 
you know, I was a simple guy, inside, outside, get pucks on net. You're looking at, um, you know, Lucic the other night on that assist that he got. He knew somebody was there. Um, so I don't really get the narrative saying, well, it'll take some time to gel. You know, these teams practice every single day. And within a couple of weeks, you should know everyone's tendencies because the game is not that intricate. You, being being out east, uh, you'd be familiar with Jack Campbell's game and, and his time with the Maple Leafs. And I I wonder which you think would be better for Jack Campbell. Is it better for him to have a bona fide backup goalie and not necessarily feel like his job is in jeopardy, or perhaps have someone who is pushing him to constantly be better and improve his game? Maybe like we're starting to see with Stuart Skinner after he posted another brilliant outing against the Flames. Yeah, I, I think as a competitor, you want to have that competition. But again, I don't think he has to really worry about job security because he has a five-year deal. Right in Toronto, you know, it was a, a year deal. Is he going to get $2 million? George, I remember you saying he was only going to get 2 and a half, but I told you five, but not, that's neither here nor there. Uh, but I think for him, he has that job security where he just has to focus on, you know, playing the game of hockey. And I think right now with him, I think he just wears every single detail or every single loss on his sleeves and it really, really affects him. And as a goaltender of the National Hockey League, especially, you have to have a short memory. You can't let every single thing get to you. So uh, the one thing I can say is he did have a good summer. He was training with Connor McDavid in Toronto with um, Gary Roberts. That's not an easy training camp in any sense of the word. Hyman was there as well, too. So he built that camaraderie with some of his teammates. I think he just got to get out of his head a little bit and go play. And this is your weekly reminder that I did have him as the Vesna pick for this year too. So mm. uh, I'm, I'm rooting for him to get uh, back and rebound and have a good season as well. Anthony Stewart, NHL analyst on Sportsnet, joining us here on the Atlas Pizza guest hotline, big show, Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960, the fan. Um, is Sheldon Keefe the head coach of the Toronto Maple Leafs by the weekend? That's why you really called me. You didn't check. You didn't hear the internet's uh, broken in Toronto. That's why I'm calling you via Morse code right now. Uh, I don't know. And and the thing is, and, and George, we've been talking about this now for probably two years, three years on saying, you know, they're just running it back. They're doing the same thing. And what's going to change? Something has to change. Um, and I think the easiest thing is, 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 to, is to fire the coach. So I'm not too sure what they're going to do right now, but something has to change. And, you know, we're talking about, well, you know, they didn't want to make a trade for Bear because they might have to give up picks. It's like, well, they give up a lot of picks, so wasted picks over the last couple of years and trying to get guys at the deadline. So they have to do something. Uh, and, and for me, I think they have to do something big. A lot of the fingers are pointing to the players right now, so I think they do have to make a big move. But the easy thing is to make a move on the coaching front. But at the end of the day, it's his job to coach the players he has. And I don't think a lot of these losses are due to personnel decisions. It's just some of the players aren't playing well. And, and I think for the defense, it's a very, very thin right now. They have some injuries. Muzzin was a rock on the back end. I know he struggled a little bit this year. But uh, this just, just seems like it's a collection of groups. Hey, go on the ice, play some hockey, and see what happens. And I don't think that's acceptable for a team like the Toronto Maple Leafs who have all, all these high expectations based on their uh, previous failures in the playoffs. Stewie, do you get a sense that there's just way too much entitlement when it comes to the Toronto Maple Leafs, a team that's won absolutely nothing? I don't know if entitlement's the word, right? But um, again, I think it comes down to, it starts with the odds makers. And, and, I, and I asked this, I'm like, I, I think the person that is doing the odds for Toronto Maple Leafs in the playoffs invented crypto because they just want to create all this, <laughs> all this friggin' chaos behind the scenes where, 
you know, maybe the team is just not as good as everyone thinks they are, and that's okay. So for me, from the media standpoint, I know we have to talk about them, and, and again, they're a big part of the Canadian market too, but, you know, they're, they're a good hockey team, and that's okay, but maybe they're not a great hockey team. And until you go and, and, and do something in the playoffs and go a couple rounds and earn that respect, it's, it's really, really tough to really have those expectations. So for me, I'm a little bit indifferent because I'm like, hey, they're good, uh, but I don't really see this current group being – a team that's going to go and, and win two, three, and ultimately the Stanley Cup. Stewie, there, there's there's people who call into our uh, post game shows on the uh, Twitter for Flames fans. Would you trade William Elander for Noah Hannafin? <laughs> that is the that is the genesis of my ideas three four years ago. And, I, and, and again, I oh think yeah, Elander, just 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 uh, yeah again, for Stewie. Stewie Stewie's um, always been on the trade Elander train, and people rip into him all the time. But maybe it's time to trade Nylander to shake things up. And why I say Nylander, and again, I don't really, you know, I don't care for the chaos, is because I think you, he's obviously, for his contract, he provides the most value where you can get a lot on the open market for him. And again, if you need a number two defenseman, or, and, and that's another thing, too. We're talking about this Maple Leafs team. They have one right shot defenseman. What other team has that? And I know Brody plays on the right side, blah, 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 blah. But just the makeup of the team just doesn't, it just doesn't work. So I think you have to make a shakeup. You're talking about the same core that hasn't got it done the last couple of years. And, and again, I know the fans aren't going to hear this, but Nylander can fetch you the most if you really want to do this thing right. So again, I'm not uh, you know hoping for trades, but I think for this group uh, to take that next step, they have to do something big other than just saying, "Hey, well, maybe it was the coach," because this is not on the coach. Well, and and I look at this roster and I go, like, are we really surprised? Like this roster seems to have taken a step back from last year. You replaced Mikheyev with Yarncroke, which I would consider probably is a downgrade. You've lost Jake Muzzin on the blue line. You've lost Freddie Anderson and Jack Campbell and replaced them with two relatively up and down goaltenders. Like I just feel like at and right like you said, Stewie, maybe at one point there was just way too much emphasis on on what this team could be without kind of breaking it down and saying, listen, you got Austin Matthews, you got Mitch Marner, you got William Nylander, but apart from that, the drop off is pretty significant. Yeah, and, and again, if you're not winning, you got to sort of sell the future. But again, they've sold their future. And, and you're looking at the guys that they brought in, and Yankroke and Malgin, and Sackast and Reese, and even Camp. How do you not have these guys waiting in the wings? How has it been three, four, five years now, and you haven't had a prospect really come in and grab the bull by the horns and got an opportunity to show what he can do? You saw Robertson when he gets some meaningful ice time, what he can do. I think they really mismanaged uh, him and his development, where he should be, you know, toiling with. 20 goals right now he has that ability he has that talent so I think right now they're so focused on the winning that the cupboards are bare especially in, in the in the minors how is there not a guy stepping in who is the next Nylander who is these next guys that are going to come in so these Yankroaks and guys that they have to provide band-aid solutions that are making anywhere between 800 and 2 million bucks how have you not developed and brought these guys into the lineup so I think that for me is the shocking part on the player development standpoint as well all right Stewie as a former player on the bench um, we saw Marner get benched for one shift exactly uh, by Sheldon Keefe. And then he throws him back out there uh, and then has a chance to win the game in overtime. As a former player, how would that play on the bench and in the room that you get benched for one shift and then you're allowed to be right out there when if it's a lower, if it's a guy in the bottom six, maybe he doesn't see the ice again. How do you think that plays to not only Mitch Marner, but the guys around the room? Well, I think that's an issue with the group as a whole where there's no real accountability, right? And and we I keep talking about your old job, uh, George, but we were talking about last year, I think two years ago, where 
you know, Tampa Bay benched Kucherov in overtime, in the third period in overtime, and they ended up winning the game and all was well. So you have to have that accountability where if the players aren't listening, even they are your star players, you have to find a way to get the message clear. And that is through ice time. So whether it's Marner or Matthews or wherever, they're two good players to, uh, to be sitting on the bench. But if the message isn't getting through, you have to find a way uh, to get the message through. And I think they did a little bit of that a couple of weeks ago where, you know, the second unit started a couple of the power plays. They were getting more than the garbage time, 20, 30 seconds. Uh, you have to find a way to get the motivation through. And again, it's a national hockey league, the best uh, league in the world. Yeah, you should be naturally motivated, but it's the coach's job to find a way. You have to find a way to get this message through because if you keep doing the same thing over and over, expecting different results, results, we know what that means, uh, George. Yeah, we absolutely do. Uh, Stewie, always great stuff. NHL analyst for Sportsnet joining us here on the Atlas Pizza guest hotline. Stewie, great stuff. We'll talk soon, pal. All right, thanks a lot. Go Flames, go. There you go. Uh, brought to you by Anthony Stewart on the guest hotline. It was brought to you by Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar. 14-time Consumer Choice Award winner for takeout or delivery. Call 403-248-3344 or dine in at Atlas Pizza 6060 Memorial Drive. Northeast. Uh, Stewie's right. He's got he's got a memory like he, like an elephant. The guy doesn't forget anything. Uh, I did say that uh, Jack Campbell. I would not pay Jack Campbell more than two and a half million dollars a season. He's right. I did say that because I've seen enough of Jack Campbell, knowing that that guy ain't it. He's not a true number one goaltender that you could win a Stanley Cup with. And uh, jury's still out to what he's going to do in Edmonton. And he's a super nice guy, and everyone roots for Jack Campbell. Oh yeah. But if you're putting all your eggs in the Jack Campbell basket. Uh, get ready for some cracked eggs. I don't know what the analogy would be, but omelets. Uh, sure, let down, let down city with Jack Campbell. I like eggs Benedict, but and again, look look at Skinner. How good he was Saturday night for the Oilers. Really, he good. was the difference maker in that game. We keep talking about McDavid and the Markstrom play. Skinner stood on his head for the Oilers in that matchup. Made a lot of big saves over the course of the game. Like it was, it, it wasn't like he stood out for one period in particular. Like the Flames poured it on. They had 21 shots in the second period. Throughout the course of the game, I thought Skinner was outstanding. Like, Backlund beats him on that one. Yeah. And I was kind of surprised that Backlund beat him with that shot and where it was placed. Like, that was one that Skinner had kind of stopped. Even going back to the first matchup after Jack Campbell's pulled five minutes in or whatever it was, and Skinner ended up playing the other 55 and shut the door, they were really good. Um, before we get to John Forslund, uh, the voice of the Seattle Kraken and on the NHL on TNT, um, Melancholy Malcolm shot me a text last night. He's like, uh, hello there, chap. Mm. Uh, I uh, I see there's a lot of... Uh, Your accent was really good. You're welcome. Uh, there was a lot of uh, angst among Leafs Nation last night on the old Twitter machine. And that's something we like to do here on the show. Uh, we like to revel in the misery of other fan bases what we do sure why not froden showed yeah we we like to hear um some of the fans get upset about their team well last night the maple leafs blew a lead against the terrible anaheim ducks those anaheim ducks that have now won uh two games yeah all season long uh, leafs blew a two goal lead in the third period against those putrid ducks uh there's some interesting tweets out there Melancholy Malcolm found some, and he wants to read them to oh, us right now. We missed them on the big show with Russick and Rosa. Let's let's hear from Malcolm here, Alex. Let's do it. At Chompers fourteen, I thought the At Maple Leafs were out here playing chess while the rest of the league played checkers. At K Trip Nor, Dorothy and the Maple Leafs. 
no brain, no heart, no courage. Mm. Mm. At Woodland Douglas, Leafs in on the Bedard sweepstakes. Choose a ball. <laughs> Choose a at ball. At Hess Cunningham, the at Maple Leafs are so ready for hashtag trots, and frankly whichever GM they can pull out of their <laughs> and maybe pull Campbell back out of that same <laughs> while they are at it. <laughs> at Gary Brown, it's official. Sheldon Keefe needs to go. Tell the front office I'm firing him. Hashtag Leafs forever. Hashtag trots. At JMAC 231,012. Benches Mana. Mana has a hissy fit. Puts Mana back in for OT. Can someone explain to me what the is going on? Hashtag Leafs forever. At Herald Jamie. What is the point in watching the Leafs? Hashtag Leafs forever. Help me on this one. If you're not in panic mode or concerned as f then I don't know what f all are doing. Oh. Like how do you, you lose to the ducks, sharks, haps, yotes. Like the positivity bullshit isn't working. Oh, well that was heartwarming. Yeah, there's some there's some bitter Leaf fans out there. Do you know what I really liked about that was the the Leafs fans continuing to use Leafs Forever hashtag. Oh, yeah, that's like right. they're very upset, but they're like, I'm still going to use our team mandated hashtag, so yes. I get the logo in my tweet for sure. So hashtag that, when Leafs you search forever. Leafs Forever, it's right there. Is that what you searched to or Melancholy Malcolm searched to? I don't know what you're talking about. Melancholy Malcolm put all that all together, and he. Uh, how he dreary! How dreary is Melancholy Malcolm's Twitter feed? Yeah, it's like he just, he, he just scrolls. He just thrives on the misery of other fan bases. Yeah, he just laps it up like a cat and some milk. He's upset the Canucks had a good weekend. <laughs> he can't. He he is super pumped up when the Oilers hit a streak or the next Jack Campbell start that's not going to go well. He can't wait. Maybe we should check in with some Columbus fans next. What's there like four tweets? <laughs> Who's tweeting about the jackets? <laughs> Who cares about the Columbus Blue Jackets? Like, you want to talk about the list of teams nobody cares about on this planet? The Columbus Blue Jackets are right there. Oh, Columbus Blue Jackets, Sacramento Kings. I don't know which one's more useless. How many Jackets fans are there? Seriously. A hundred in the world? Maybe? Is there a hundred Blue Jackets fans? Is there a Blue Jackets fan in Canada? Is there one? One Jackets fan in Canada. Hand up. Is there one in the city of Calgary? If it's you. Please, if it's you, we'll give you the gift card to Golf Town tomorrow if you're the one Jackets fan in Calgary. Maybe somebody followed, they love Johnny Hockey so much they followed him Columbus. Maybe that's the reason. But nobody cares about the Columbus Blue Jackets. Nobody. You're right. There are no tweets here. That's what I mean. Like, the, this isn't scripted. Except for how they all started attacking Elvis Merzlikens and were very, not very good about well, it. Well, how many, how many, who's they? Four people? I don't know. Inconsequential franchise. Facts. Um, the Seattle Kraken are a new franchise. And they got some issues. Uh, Shane Wright, bit of a messy situation right now with the Kraken. Not getting too much ice time, not performing. They got to send him down to junior. We'll get the deets on the Kraken, who have been playing well lately to kick off the season. John Forsland. I got a good power play this year. Yeah, is the voice of the Kraken on Root Sports, and you and you hear him on the NHL on TNT. We'll talk to him next about the Kraken. Tee up that Flames and Kraken game tomorrow night down at the Dome. It's the big show. Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960, The Fan. 
You're listening to The Big Show with Russick and Rose on the official home of your Calgary Flames, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. It's The Big Show, Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Oh, we got to wrap up our big bets before we say goodbye. You and uh, Patty Dumont had another stellar weekend. Yes, sir. I'm going to beat Patty, and I'm going to make you guys sing a song. I can't wait. I already know what song it is for when I win. Well, I like how confident you are. Can we clip that? Because that's going to come back to haunt them later on in the season. Oh, do we really need to keep receipts? Yeah, I like like keeping receipts. All right. Uh, Right now, though, on the line, Flames (sighs) play the Kraken tomorrow night to talk about that on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline. And we say good morning to John Forslund the play-by-play voice of the Kraken for Root Sports and the NHL on TNT. John, good morning. How are you? Hey, guys. Good morning. Thanks for having me. No problem. Thanks for jumping on. Um, this Shane Wright situation is kind of interesting. Uh, they talked about it on Hockey Night in Canada here over the weekend that obviously uh, the ice time's way down, but they'd have to send him back to junior. How do you think this Shane Wright situation is going to play itself out? Well, you know, it's delicate, right? I mean, it's, it's another player that we see time and time again that's a victim of a, of a rule that was put in place many years ago to protect your franchises, but at the expense of some of the players. Uh, it's almost like moving forward, they might put an option in for a first or maybe second round players that they're allowed to play in the American Hockey League because be at this time, in my opinion, that would be the best place for Shane Wright. But get from there. So, uh, goes junior hockey and, and gets into a situation where you really get concerned about his headspace and think that's what the management here is worried about. Um, or you continue down this road where you try to find a platform at this level, which is really difficult to do. Um, you know, team four, four, and two, they're trying to keep their heads above water. They're trying to stay competitive division. They're trying to, um, you know, strong improvement from their first season. And it's awfully hard to work on an individual project when your coaching staff is attempting to do that. So uh, taking it day by day, the plan at the beginning of the season was to to keep him here. But I think as time marches on, they're probably going to have to look long and hard at maybe they're all maybe you know, placing him in and out of the lineup to get him to the World Junior. I'm not 100% sure. But as of right now, based up in the way they played here Saturday night, um, there is a place for him. I don't expect Playing Calgary, and we'll just have to see if there's injury or situations that arise that put him in a better spot. Uh, John, we're, we're going to call you right back. Uh, the line's a little wonky. Uh, we'll call you right back here, get you back on the line. Uh, just oh, real, okay. Yeah, no problem. Just uh, real quick on uh, the Shane Wright thing, um, Maddie. Um, yeah. Confidence got to be an issue right now for the kid. Again, you, you never want to get into his head, but thought he was going number one overall to Montreal. Slides to four. Yeah, and then all of a sudden off to a slow start in his NHL career. And we know when it comes to young players who are highly touted, confidence is a thing. And right now, I don't know if he has a lot of it. And, you know, you couple that with the fact that Matty Beniers is actually off to a, a pretty strong start in his own right. He's got eight points, including four goals. In 10 games, he's being asked to do a lot more. And granted, Matty Beniers is a year older. He's the second overall pick from the year 2021. But uh, I'm sure that's just another thing to kind of add on top of this for Shane Wright that, like you mentioned, could be damaging or hurting his confidence right now. And and I, I think John's totally right. Shane Wright is not suited for the junior hockey. It yep. he, he would dominate at that level. He obviously needs another year of seasoning, 
and the AHL is probably the best place for it, but junior rules exist so the junior teams don't have to fold whenever they get good players. Yeah. Um, John Forsen back with us, the voice of the Kraken uh, for Root Sports, NHL, and TNT on the Atlas Pizza guest hotline. John, uh, you're back. Uh, sorry about that. Uh, just it happens. I hope it works. <laughs> yeah. Uh, sometimes uh, these phones, it gets wonky here. I want to ask you about the Kraken special teams. Power play looking good so far. I think it's surprising. Seventh best in the NHL, uh, but the PK is an issue. 30th. How would you grade the special team so far this season for Seattle? It's pretty easy when you look at the numbers, right? It's surprising that, you know, they've added a few pieces. They, they've they added, you know, Kirkowski and Oliver Bjorkstrand and, and Justin Schultz. A, a second, you know, as a defenseman on one of the power play units, Vince Dunn is the defenseman on the other unit. So it gives them a little bit more play than they had in their first year. Job on the too. So those pieces have made it. Um, there's there's a, a little bit more familiarity from the guys that were here, part of the core in their first year. So that helped. But yeah, power play, and it's, you see it around. You can see a, a lot of teams um, having these crazy power players, and you know, then the pack kill, and you are what you are, right? So the penalty kill isn't very good, and uh, you know. And a lot of this has to do with the best penalty killer, which is always your goalie. And they really with that, and, and the goalies have to be better here, and there's no doubt about that. But I think, again, they're, um, they're the victim of uh, um, some, some bad reads at times, some situations against, you know, quality opponents. We're up against it. You know, it's a variety of different things. I will put a lot of it in the first month. I think you need at least 20 games to get a read on wherever the heck the special teams are. Um, you look at to me, you look at team now and how they play in, in their five, five situation, you know, and again, you look at their goalies and how goalies perform because goaltenders can mask a lot of issues that way. And I think that's kind of what you see now. What is the status of Philip Grubauer? Uh, I know he's on the IR, but as far as uh, a return to the lineup and have you liked what Martin Jones and Joey Decord have brought for this group uh, in relief since Grubauer has gone down? Well, Jones is okay, and he's been good at times, and other times he is not. And but he's a veteran guy that's, as you know, he's been around and uh, a great uh, Calgary hitman, right? He's history there, and um, you know he's been a he's been a quality addition because he did it with Philip or going down with an injury, um, and Brubauer has not skated in, in at least a week, so I don't expect him to be ready at the beginning of this road trip. It should be Jones's net, and it should be based on his last game because his last game was his best game. Sensational on their Saturday night in their in their win over Pittsburgh. So um, look for that. Joey Decord hasn't had an opportunity to um, run American Hockey League. He's one of these guys that's a tweener right now. He's right there. Um, in the first year of the Kraken, he was never given an opportunity in his appearances to get what I think would be a, a it was always back to back. It was on the road. It was safe duty. So good young goalie that they're afraid to lose on the wave wire. Uh, but that's that's part of the issue here. So uh, we'll see. Uh, John, unfortunately, uh, you're, uh, the line's really wonky here. Um, I, I apologize. Uh, we definitely wanted to have you on. Uh, let's do this again real soon. Uh, again, apologies. The line's just not very good. Okay, no problem. We'll do it again. Thanks. Sounds good. Thanks, John. Uh, John Forslund, a Seattle Kraken play by play voice. Root Sports NHL on TNT on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest 
hotline. It sucks because John's really good and he's really good at his job. And sometimes these things happen when you're on a mobile device and the signal's not the greatest. And it's like, but and the crack it, power play. It's just a little frustrating. And uh, we'll have John on again real soon because, well, at least they're in the same division. So we'll have more chances to talk to John Forslin. You can make my no, it's not. It's not. Oh, it's not. Should have. Maybe he, he should have. We had the landline. It's not our fault. He should have. That's been a landline. No. 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 no ours on is a the landline. Land That's yeah. Ours yeah. is the landline. We're not the problem. Yeah. 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 Like Todd Furman, who does uh, Inside the Lines every Sunday morning, yeah. and he's a legend. Uh huh. He he specifically has a landline for, for the radio show? hits. Really? Yeah. Hmm. So he doesn't want to drop, and it sounds a lot clearer. Landline. It's where it's at. I don't know if you guys have a landline. No. I don't. Not in a long time. My No. My parents have a landline just so my grandparents can call their landline. Okay. Yeah, That's there you it. go. Full stop. But uh, if John Forsen had one, uh, we'd still be talking to him. Alas. That's maybe, hockey, baby. That is hockey. Maybe should have called us from the hotel room. Mm. Alas. Or maybe he's out for breakfast. Onward. Know. You know what? In the end, yeah. Kraken are going to be here on Tuesday. Yeah. Shane Wright will be here. Maddie Beneers will be here. There's a lot of interesting players on this team. Like, I was interested to ask him just what does Brandon Tanev mean to this team? Because that's a guy who missed half the year last year. He's a heartbeat type of guy, especially when you're on a team like Seattle where you're not going to have the most skill. Your yep. blueprint is outwork the opposition, and this year take advantage of the power play and go from there, right? So I think having him back in the lineup is a huge boost for them. They, they retained Jared McCann, who can score... They still have Eberle. They've added Bjorkovsky and Bjorkstrand, who are two real potent offensive wingers. I actually like how this Seattle team looks early on in the year. Their blue line is solid. The biggest question for me remains in goal because Grubauer has trouble staying healthy, and Martin Jones' best hockey was played here in Calgary as a member of the Hitmen. They beat the uh, Penguins 3-1 on Saturday night, Yep, and they had a couple goals pulled back, two of them. And we saw it last night in that debacle of a Leafs loss to the Ducks. Is goaltender interference even happened to the Flames early on in the season? Mm-hmm. Are, are are they? Is there an emphasis on this? I feel like this is becoming an issue in the NHL where uh, goal interference now they're getting a little hypersensitive to it, and maybe goals are being waved off that should absolutely count. I I didn't see the ones in Seattle that were taken off the board, so it's hard to say. Uh, I. I haven't noticed it in my casual watching as I go about the days when the Flames don't play and I'm usually checking out whatever's in the 5 o'clock slate, a couple periods of the late games. and I haven't necessarily noticed to be as much of a bugaboo for me. Um, Now, granted, every time that there is a goaltender interference call, I never know what the answer is going to be. It feels like spin the wheel, flip a coin. You know, you're throwing a a dart at a board with a blindfold on Mm. type of stuff, right? So... That's where I, I I do wonder if there's a bit of a problem, but I don't know. This is what you've invited into your game as soon as you brought video replay into it. Yes, it's beneficial in a lot of senses. Oh, four, it was in. Imagine if video replay was around. But also, you get all of these instances where it's slowing down the game, taking goals off the board, questionable calls. You know, right now, here's the other thing. We're so early on in the regular season that these calls aren't necessarily being magnified. If you get into the last month of the year and you got a team that's in a playoff race and all of a sudden they're having goals taken off the board, then people are going to find out about it. Then people are going to hear about it. It's going to be all over the internet. 
going to be the top top story for you know all the national shows and all that jazz. But I haven't necessarily felt that that's been an issue for me watching the NHL this season. I, I just feel like uh, watching the amount of hockey I have been lately, especially out of market hockey, because I like to put a little sprinkle on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the offside calls, uh, goal interference, it's all up for some reason. I don't know. Maybe it's confirmation bias on my, on my part uh, from watching all these games and betting on these games. But yeah, it's just too much. And again, if the play's offside, it's offside. I understand all of that. But some of the stuff that the goalie can't make the save because the player's there, but at the same time, is he being pushed in by the opposing defenseman or is he being held in the crease? Like it's just, there's so much gray area when it comes to goalie interference that it isn't a perfect system, but I just feel like they're erring on the side of, oh no, that's goalie interference. And to me, the NHL should follow the road much like the NFL does. If the call on the ice is goal, it's going to take a lot to overturn it. That's what they should be doing. Well, and and like the two examples that we have with the Flames kind of ring true in that sense. And it's an example of how it can go either way because you have the Nazem Kadri pushed into the goalie. Was he pushed in by somebody or was he chasing a, a puck and he kind of slid and that was more of what caused him to bump into the goal. I can't remember which team that was against, but he bumped into the goaltender gets challenged and eventually the goal gets taken off the board. That one, I was like, yeah, he, that one I probably said could have gone either way, but there was a little bit of a push on Kadri, but he didn't necessarily try and stop himself from running into the goaltender. Okay, whatever. Then the next one was when Jacob Markstrom loses his stick, it gets tangled up in an opposing player, but really it was Michael Stone who had kind of pushed the player into Markstrom and, and led to the chaos, and they challenge. It's reviewed. Uh, and nothing comes of it because in that instance, I, I thought it was right once again. You know, it it can be ticky-tack. It can be, you know, sometimes I'm, I find myself very surprised. Like going back to last season, like the McCarr one where that was an offside review. Initially, when I saw that play, I was like, oh, yeah, I'm surprised they're calling this back or it's taking so long. But then again, you slow it down to the umpteenth frame and you look at it and you say, okay, well, maybe not offside. He didn't touch the puck. Hmm. Right? So... I don't know. Review is one of those things you can always get tangled up on. It's not a perfect system by any means, but overall, I I would say that it has made the game better because you're getting more confirmed play. Like Hockey's a fast sport. It's the fastest. It's hard to see some of this stuff when it's all happening live and all that jazz. You only get two referees on the ice, two other linesmen. They're all focused on their own stuff. I'm all for review, but I also will admit it's it's not a perfect science by yeah. any stretch of the imagination. And there's also a buzzkill of when a goal goes in and everybody's looking at the other coach to see if he's going to challenge it or not. That's the one thing that I, I, I totally agree with Daryl here. Um, if you, like, there's got to be a hard clock on that challenge. You can't say, oh, we're thinking about it, and then the referee gives him another 20 seconds to wait for what the video, like, once that goal goes in, you got to start that clock and you have that much time to, to look and review. Right. And if you're not going right to your TV and trying to figure out if you're challenging, if you're wasting time yelling at the refs or doing whatever it is, too bad for you. Uh, before we go, uh, our best bets uh, over the weekend uh, were some good bets here. And if you follow some of our guys, uh, you've been making some money. Our NFL Big Bets brought to you by Sports Select. Sports Select has more sports leagues and for a limited time, better odds and over-under and point spread. Build your ticket at sportselect.com. I told you to fade me. 
Uh, I haven't been picking well in football this season. It's been bad. Um, but you guys, again, uh, another stellar week. You and producer Patrick Dumas, four and two. That's pretty good. It's very good. Uh, applause for you guys, uh, both of you. Thank yeah. You. I was yeah. a mediocre three and two. Patty Dumas, what are you over your last two weeks? Oh, boy. Over the last two weeks, I am seven and five. It's pretty good. Going back, going back, I got 13 and five over the last three weeks. That's excellent. 13 and five over the last three weeks. You're making money at that point. Uh, Matty Rose is doing well, too. Uh, again, uh, did you go and actually make a bet on any of these picks? I did make a bet on mine yesterday. Oh. I made a same game parlay in the Packer game. It uh, it didn't hit. Didn't do it well. Where did my picks go? You were four and two. I know I was four and two, but I can't remember what sewered me. I know the Raiders did. Uh the under in the Niners, Rams, and then the yeah. Raiders minus two. That was the both one. The both losses were those ones for us. Yeah, uh, the Niners kicked a hole in the Rams yesterday. Christian McCaffrey, Mister Everything, yesterday. And the Raiders. You know the Raiders were fresh off scoring twenty nine points in three consecutive games, and then they put up a goose egg in New Orleans <laughs> against the Saints. Like everyone saw that coming. And Devontae Adams, if you're a Devontae Adams owner, he had one catch for like three yards yesterday. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. Woof. No. Woof, woof, woof. You probably lost your game. I'm a Josh Jacobs happen. owner. It was really good the week before. Yeah. I picked up Daniel Carlson because I needed a, a kicker on a bye. Punch me in good the face. Nothing like a goose egg from a kicker. Uh, speaking of which, Alex, what's your record in that fantasy league? Because I did a hit with Logan Gordon on Friday, and uh, he sh- <laughs> he's, he's showing a little bit of remorse. On how he robbed you of Travis Kelsey, but at the same time, I think he takes a little joy in your sorrow. Uh, what, what's your record in that league? I am one in six. Oh boy! <laughs> yeah, and so it's done. You're I, done. I lost to the one team I won against, which is our boss Art, this past week. So it's pr- I'm the the sole last place person. So you're now. cooked. It's yeah. over for you. Yeah. His team is the only one that has not yet hit 700 points for. <laughs> He's got six hundred. Who's in first place? 658. Uh, that would be uh, Sandra Persina. Yeah. Oh, the, the voice of the Calgary Wranglers. Your Calgary Wranglers. Uh, speaking of which, um, and then uh, it'll be uh, me and Patty Dumont tied in second after this week because uh, I'm going to beat him. And logo, it'll be a three way tie for second. Yeah, whatever. Oh well, actually, we got it'd be a four way tie. Jesus. Well, you guys are lucky the Chiefs are on a bye. Oh, Otherwise, yeah. uh, logo could potentially win his matchup because uh, well, he logo is Kelsey. he is going to win his matchup actually. So. Um. Speaking of the Wranglers, mm-hmm. you had this idea that we should go as a show on Friday afternoon at one o'clock. Yeah, let's go get banged up. Everyone's <laughs> going to be playing ho- playing hooky for this. Yeah, Flames. I'm in. Uh, Who are they playing? Ra- um, Tucson Roadrunners. Love Tucson. Are they playing Tucson? Yeah, yeah, yeah Tucson. Yeah, it's, it's the HL. They play the same team like six times in a row. I think they play like five teams this year. They play Tucson, and then they also play them um, on the weekend. Oh, right look at on. that. All right, so we're interested in going. Oh, no, it's Wednesday and Friday they play Tucson. That's we, what it is. Like, is there somebody who can pull some strings and get us a box or something to this game? I don't know. I, they got guys going to work the box fr- on a Friday afternoon? Do they work? Do they have a box for the Wranglers at all? Are they even open? I don't know. I have no idea. We're going to have to I, send I'm out some feelers. Matinee weekday hockey is just the most fascinating thing. To yeah, do. because I love it. Because we're done at our weekend begins 9 a.m. on Friday. Oh, yeah. So we can absolutely day drink on Friday. Yeah. And I fully encourage anybody else to do yeah. it as well. We're going to do as it responsibly. As long as you're not at work. We're like, not driving do it or at work. working. That's not a bad Speaking look. of which, 
There's bottles of Peroni in this in this studio. <laughs> yeah, are we gonna address what, this? What happened? Who was who's, here this weekend? Who's crushing? Who's shotgunning beers this weekend? There's who, bottles of Peroni in here that are empty. And what type of rookie brings beers into work and then leaves the empties at work? People who don't give, you know what? They give zero, you know what? <laughs> and I respect it. Yeah, sure. I respect be. that. That's uh, some. Uh, yeah, that's uh, it for us. Tomorrow's a Flames game day. Flames and Kraken. We'll be all over it like a dirty shirt. All re- over already, hey? Yeah, that's it. Three hours in the bank. Thanks to all your text messages that we couldn't get to about your uh, gruesome sports injuries. They're just way too many to get to. Uh, enjoy scooping the cavity of the pumpkin before you go out today and Gross. carving your pumpkin. And uh, stay safe tonight and have fun on Halloween. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Bye. Bye.